Hello and welcome to another episode, episode 51 of Forgotten Cello Music. Thank you to all that have been sticking around and listening. I have planned five more episodes, including this one, that will deal all with Quarengi's music. He was a cellist in the 19th century from Italy. This guy I find to be especially intriguing. He wrote a massive cello method that has just oodles and oodles of compositions that he wrote expressly for this nearly 500-page method. Yeah, 500 pages. On today's episode, it features counterpoint. I love the fact that he includes this maybe what we call archaic form, counterpoint. No, it's not archaic, but it's not something that you think about every day, especially as a modern musician. Now, if you're playing Bach, you're dealing with it all the time, but you may not think about it. The next couple of episodes stay in counterpoint, but it deals specifically with imitation, and then the next one would be canon, and the next one would be fugue. And after that, we just deal with a, a forgotten cello piece called Capriccio for cello piano. The counterpoint episode today, episode 51, will deal exclusively with the five species of counterpoint and explaining them, going through them, exemplifying them, and playing them, of course. Quarengi was a very interesting uh, I don't know a whole lot about him, but we'll get to him momentarily. But first, again, thanks so much for listening. If you have any suggestions or just thoughts, I'd, I would be really interested. I, I love talking about music, and I love having a good conversation about music. Please drop me a line. You can send a voice message straight from the anchor.fm uh, forward slash forgotten cello music link, or you can send me an email that is travelingcellogroup at gmail.com. I also have a YouTube channel. You can send a message on to my videos. Unfortunately, I don't have enough subscribers to be able to communicate through the community tab. In fact, it's not even present yet. But uh, you can help that. Tell your friends and subscribe to my YouTube channel. And you can go to my Instagram, which is travelingcello, and send a message there as well. To support this project, please visit my Patreon. Send a donation straight through PayPal if you prefer. But at Patreon, you have the option of signing up for uh, at least at three different levels and getting merch. Uh, let's see, a mug, a sticker, and a shirt. to today's topic at hand, counterpoint and the five species. Let us talk a little bit about Korangi. I want to introduce him, and this is based 
first off of the violoncello and its history by Joseph Vasilevsky. I would not have found his name had I not been reading this magnificent book. It is one of a kind, and I don't know of any other book that encompasses so much detail about the beginnings of cello playing. I think this is the authority. Giulielmo Quarenghi Born on October 22, 1826 in Castel Maggiore, was pursuing his studies during the years 1839 to 1842. He arrived at maturity and was first violoncellist at the Teatro della Scala in Milan. And from 1851, he gave instruction also at the conservatoire, to which he was indebted for his education. In February 1879, he took the place of Boucheron as choir master at the cathedral. He enjoyed this position only a few years, for he died February 3 or 4 in 1882. Amongst his compositions, the most noteworthy are Six Capriccios, a chant elegiac with piano accompaniment, two romances, a scherzo, un pensiero a lago, and some fantasias on motifs from Italian operas. Interestingly, and disappointingly, I might add, is that his method for cello, which is nearly 500 pages long, did not make the cut for even honorable mentions in a list of compositions in the violoncello and its history. From my point of view, and at this time of history, I'd have to say that it's quite a significant piece of work, and I'll point that out while I go through these five episodes. Now, there are two other sources I looked up because I wanted to know how important he was, and indeed, he is mentioned in the Baker's Dictionary of Music and Musicians and also in the Groves Dictionary of Music and Musicians. Any musician knows that Groves is this massive, oh... I think it started out with about 10 volumes, you know, of 800 pages each, and it grew into something about 20 or 25 volumes of 800 pages each. First, Baker's Dictionary of Music and Musicians, it cites that he wrote an excellent cello method. Aha, so it's mentioned there. Or a metodo di violoncello, and it otherwise gives much of the same info in brief as in the violoncello, and its history. Grove's Dictionary of Music and Musicians, this is from the early 1900s version, it gives much of the same info as Baker's does, and it also reveals that the well-known Musik Lexicon by the prolific musicologist Hugo Riemann, or Hugo Riemann, has been used for some of its entry. Groves does expand on the list of compositions by adding that Quarenghi wrote some church music transcriptions as well as an interesting method for the violoncello. I mean, there's just a lot of material here that has apparently not been explored that deeply by the majority of cellists, and I think it would be worth our while to do a little digging. I have already reaped some benefits, knowledge-wise and repertoire-wise, by doing just that for the last almost three years now. This first episode about Korengi the cellist has been an introductory episode. I will be getting to the five species of counterpoint 
momentarily. First of all, I think it's worth noting that he wrote a number of capricci or capriccios for cello and piano. Uh, I will be featuring a capriccio in the final episode in this series about Quarenghi. And he also wrote all of his own examples of these counterpoint pieces that we are going to explore together over the course of these next episodes. So the five species, the imitation, canon, fugue, and then finally one capriccio. This is a significant addition to any cellist library for the very reason that we play Bach. I mean, we, we don't live in a bubble of modern music. We play music that was written 300, 400, 500, and beyond years ago. And especially since Bach was uh, considered to be the ultimate pinnacle of contrapuntal music, I think we owe it to ourselves to understand counterpoint more than at a surface level, as in, this is voice one, this is voice two, but what are the inner workings of these voices? How do they function? How do they operate? What is the reason for them going up and down? And what is the reason for experiencing consonants in one particular place, and it is not acceptable in another place? All right, finally, on to counterpoint. This comes directly from Part 3, Section 2 of Quarenghi's Cello Method, titled Part the Third, Concepts of Harmony. Knowledge of Counterpoint, Imitation, Canon, and Fugue. This is a direct translation that I did myself. I can't find uh, an English translation, so I got online and I started doing it myself since my knowledge of Italian is limited really just to musical uh, terminology. Section 1, Counterpoint, the art of combining sounds. There are five types or species. The first species, note against note. Second species, two notes against one. Third species, four notes against one. Fourth species, syncopated notes that can become dissonant. Fifth species, combine the above four species together, and it is also called florid counterpoint. Also, uh, he further explains that the counterpoints are made in two, three, four, and more parts. You can have simplice, or simple, not compound or complex. It's undeveloped, unvaried, or doppio, or double, which means twice as fast. Uh, a little bit more about simple, when the parts cannot be turned over, because turning them over would present errors of harmony. And then double, on the other hand, when the principles of harmony can be observed by turning the parts. So there you have it. That is a direct translation and a little bit difficult to grasp. But never fear, I'm going to use a little bit of Baker's and Groves uh, here in just a minute. Uh, one more concept that is critical to understanding counterpoint is this canto or cantus firmus, which can be translated a still song, a given melody, a plain song, or, or it is the, on the scale in which case it remains free to harmonize as you wish. But cantus firmus is something that you generally are taking from somewhere else, or at least you are providing yourself with a cantus firmus, which can be harmonized with a counterpoint or a, another line of melody. 
I will give you now an example of the very first counterpoint, note against note, so you get an idea of what's happening. In the, in the case of the first counterpoint, he doesn't explain it any further than note against note. In this case, he writes whole notes against whole notes, which is the traditional method of learning counterpoint. So you just use whole notes, and then in further exercises, you get whole notes against half notes, and then whole notes against quarter notes, and then syncopation with half notes, and finally florid, you get uh, uh, an array of notes even using eighth notes. Bakers gives this explanation for counterpoint. It comes from the Latin punctus contra punctum, point against point, i.e. that's where we get note against note. Now, the first sense is in the wider sense, the art of polyphonic composition, opposed to homophony. Uh, number two is in the restricted sense, the art of adding one or more melodies to a given melody, cantus firmus, and according to certain rules, some of which we already have mentioned. And it goes further to actually give us the five species, that these are generally recognized as the five species, it says. The first, note against note, that is whole notes in the counterpoint against whole notes in the cantus firmus, or a fixed given melody, a plain song. Number two, second species, two against one, that is half notes in the counterpoint against whole notes in the cantus firmus. Three, four against one, that is quarter notes in the counterpoint against whole notes in the cantus firmus. Number four, with syncopation, syncopated half notes in counterpoint against whole notes in the cantus firmus. And five, the fifth species, florid or figured, the counterpoint written in irregular rhythms. But since we're looking at a student uh, version, something that's meant to introduce the concept, he doesn't really go into much detail, nor does he write out a lot of examples um, other than the utilizing these concepts in imitation, canon, and fugue. So here, let us go through all five of the species that he has written as examples in his own cello method. I will name them and then play them. Species one is note against note. Species 2 is 
two half notes against one whole note, or two against one. Species three is four notes against one, or four against one, quarter notes against whole notes. Species four, that is with syncopation, we have syncopated half notes against whole notes. Species 5, florid or figured counterpoint, which is written in irregular rhythms against the whole notes. So obviously, uh, the scale always was in the lower voice. You could tell because he always wrote the scales starting either on the C or the G strings. And the counterpoint was always the higher part. However, did you hear some voice crossing in there? 
he did indeed cross voices, and sometimes it gets a little confusing. You really have to listen for the scale and sing that, and then you once you organize that in your brain and out loud, at least it was for me, then it becomes apparent what the counterpoint is doing. Voice crossing is quite an interesting concept. Bach uses it quite a lot. But wouldn't this help us to make more sense of playing the Bach cello suites? It seems to me there's almost nothing but counterpoint in his music there. This is a longer episode <clears throat> about Kaurangi because it introduces his biography and introduces the concept of counterpoint. I hope you will listen through and uh, please leave a comment. Send me a, an email at travelingcellogroup at gmail.com. Um, if you have any questions about these things, just leave me a message. I mean, it would be really nice to hear uh, from anybody if they want to take up a conversation. I always enjoy a good musical conversation and um, talking about history and theory. I'm learning more and more all the time. I enjoy it very much, and that's why I do these, these podcasts. So your input is welcome. If you think it's rubbish, that would be interesting to hear why. If you think this is great, it'd be interesting to hear why. And if you have uh, just something to talk about, that would also be very interesting. All right, in the next episode, you can look forward to Korengi's uh, own composition of Imitation. And I will be getting to the music itself, the proper music itself much more quickly after a brief introduction and a going over of the rules of counterpoint and then introducing imitation itself and some of the aspects of it. Thank you for listening and remember to play more forgotten cello music.